This is the Northwestern Medicine Pod Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. If you've ever stepped off a curb or worn high heels and turned your ankle, you know how painful and debilitating it can be as you limp away trying to figure out what to do next. Well, here to tell us about that is my guest, Dr. Anish Kadakia. He's an orthopedic surgeon at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. So, Dr. Kadakia, let's talk about the ankle. It's a pretty interesting joint. It's a complicated joint, but it seems so easy to turn or sprain or strain. I'd like you to describe the ankle a little bit for us. And while you're doing that, please tell us the difference between a sprain and a strain and a twisted ankle. My pleasure. So the ankle is complicated because when we look at how evolution has occurred, we're supposed to weight bear on four limbs, and humans obviously walk on two. So it's a lot more stress to the two limbs compared to four. And so the joints in the ankle do not work independently. For example, the knee does primarily back and forth motion, where the ankle does up and down motion, but works in conjunction with the joints on the bottom of the foot to do side to side. The other issue is the ankle joint takes more stress than the knee or the hip because all the forces are concentrated down below. And so the ankle is composed of a big bone called the tibia, the little bone on the outside of the ankle called the fibula, and then the bone on the bottom called the talus, and another bone on the bottom called the calcaneus. And there's a whole slew of ligaments that connect all of that together to allow you to have stability of the ankle. And because there's so many moving parts, that's why the ankle is so susceptible to twisting and turning, unfortunately. To answer whether it's a strain, a sprain, or a twist, they actually all are one and the same. They're just different severities of each one. A strain and a sprain are really the same thing. And what it is, is disruption of the anatomy of the fibers of the ligament that hold it together. So a strain is considered where it just kind of pulls a little bit, but the fibers are still intact, but they're longer than they should be. And then some people would say a sprain, depending on how you define it, is where you get partial tearing. And then some horrible sprains, you can actually tear the ligament completely. And those are really the ones that suffer the most. So somebody, as I said in my intro, you can twist your ankle really easily, especially women in high shoes. It's the reason I don't wear them that much anymore because it happens so many times. So ankle instability is pretty common. How does our shoe choice impact that instability? That's a great question. So the way we think about shoe choice in general are two things. As in anything, the wider the base, the more stable you are. So shoes that have a wide heel or wide bottom are very stable. However, the more narrow the heel, the more unstable you're going to be. So even in a very short heel that's very narrow, there's not much surface area to provide stability. And so your muscles have to provide a lot more stability than the actual shoe. The taller the heel then that becomes more unstable because the foot is now in such an abnormal position that it's actually anatomically less stable in the ankle joint, and it's actually at high risk for twisting from an anatomic position. And so it's not just the height of the heel, it's the width of the heel that makes the the combination can be much worse. Can we prevent ankle instability, or can we make 
all of those tendons and ligaments that you described for the four bones that are attached there, can we make them stronger so that they're not so unstable? So the unfortunate thing is we cannot make ligaments stronger. That kind of is however you're made. Everyone has a different quality of ligaments. So you know that some people, they can't sit cross-legged or they have a hard time bending down. They may have tight ligaments. And then some people can do, uh, like I give the, always the example of the Cirque du Soleil um, performers. They have very loose ligaments. So, but you can't change what you have. What you can help is strengthening the muscles around the ankle and the ligaments that provide secondary stability. So we can help minimize the risk of spraining the ankle by maintaining our activity, by working on the muscles called the pineal tendons. And if you do have a sprain, doing physical therapy immediately after the sprain or soon after the sprain to maintain your strength and balance is very important to minimize the risk of having the ankle give out over and over. If you've been told by someone that you're a pronator or supinator, does that also contribute to this instability? It absolutely can. And the terms that are used in the common language of pronator and supinator are kind of the opposite of how surgeons think about it. So to avoid confusion, I'm going to use the word high arch and a flat foot. So if you're flat-footed, you actually are somewhat more stable because there's more actual foot on the ground and your foot is positioned so that the pressure is pointed to the outside of the body. So it's much less likely to sprain the ankle. If you have a high arched foot, you actually have very little accommodation of the joints on the bottom of the foot, and the foot is actually pointed internally or towards the center. And those patients have a much higher risk of spraining their ankle, even with little unevenness on the ground. So we've done that terrible deed and twisted our ankle or sprained or strained it. What then, Dr. Kadakia, because people go home, maybe they ice it, maybe they wrap it, and then they keep it braced and wrapped for a couple of days to see if it goes down, or maybe they see that swelling, and then they say, uh-oh, you know, got to get off to a doctor. What do you want us to do when we first have this happen? So if it's so bad that you can't put pressure on it or you can't walk on it, that means something may be wrong, such as a fracture, whether it's the bone called the fibular or the bone below, or it could be a horrible sprain or a high ankle sprain. In that case, I would suggest you see medical care, either through like an urgent care or your primary physician or an orthopedic surgeon. If you sprain the ankle and you twist it, but you can walk on it and it's slightly swollen, it's obviously extremely expensive to go see the doctor for everything. So resting it, ice, elevation for a couple days, and maybe a lace-up ankle brace and see if it improves over the course of a few days is very reasonable to do. But if a sprain or strain is not getting better or you're unable to put a lot of weight on it, um, then you definitely should seek medical care because there are occult fractures that can get missed. There's higher ankle sprains that can get missed. And the treatment does require sometimes immobilization and focused physical therapy, which is hard to do on your own. And if it requires surgical intervention, then what? What is somebody looking at? What does that look like from the surgeon's point of view? So for most ankle sprains, a course of immobilization, rest, and physical therapy will help. But unfortunately, about 15% of people, 20% of people with an ankle sprain 
despite the appropriate treatment, need surgery for what we call chronic ankle instability, where the ankle just gives out. For those patients, the most common procedure is called a brostrum procedure, and that's where we actually open up the side of the ankle. You take the ligament off of the bone, actually, because it's healed, but it's healed long, and so you want to shorten it and tighten it. There's multiple methods to do it, and so in in short summary, you basically take the ligament that you have, you shorten the distance to the bone so it's nice and stable, and in some cases we augment that with now newer techniques to minimize the risk of the ligament re-lengthening during the rehab process. And that's the basic of the surgery, and a lot of times there may be tendon issues or some ankle pain, so there's adjunctive procedures like an ankle scope or a tendon cleanout that has to be done as well. What is range of motion like afterwards, doctor, if, if they've had this type of procedure Have they lost most of their range of motion? Is it able to come back with physical therapy? What's that like? So that's a very important question. For the motion that people have before the surgery, they have a lot of motion. It's abnormal motion. So they may feel that their ankle moves down and in a lot, but that's not physiologic. So after surgery, you should recover almost all of your normal up and down and side-to-side motion. Nobody's ever quote-unquote normal after surgery, but most patients after this type of procedure can recover 90-95% of their motion and 90-95% of their function, and it's a very successful surgery, though nothing, again, is perfect. There's always complications and people that don't follow that average, but you do get most of all of your motion back. And what about arthritis in the future? If you're somebody who has twisted your ankle a hundred times, are you then likely to get arthritis in that generalized area? That's really important to understand, and the answer is actually yes. So when we look at ankle arthritis, it's very different than hip or knee arthritis. One of the reasons why people get arthritis, or the number one reason, is uh, trauma, so like an ankle fracture or what we call a P-line fracture. The second most common is felt to be what we say chronic ankle instability. So every time your ankle gives out, even if it's not so bad, you don't just see a physician for it, what happens is you're putting abnormal stress on the cartilage. And over time, that causes the cartilage to wear out because something that people need to know is that cartilage does not have the ability to repair itself. So every time you abnormally load the cartilage, it takes a hit and it cannot repair. And so that repetitive injury causes the cartilage to die and get arthritis, which means you may end up needing a fusion or an ankle replacement in the future, which is not ideal. And that's why many surgeons will advocate if you have instability to actually get the ankle stable, not only to get your function better, but to minimize the risk of arthritis in the future. That's great advice, Dr. Kadakia. So what would you like to add? Wrap it up for us with your best advice about ankle instability proper footwear and that wide base that you were discussing, what you would like us to know about keeping strong ankles so that maybe we don't have to look to an orthopedic surgeon for help. So to summarize it, to minimize the risk of injury, if you know you're going to be on uneven ground, grass, gravel, really you should avoid high heels because that is going to put you at high risk. So nice gym shoes with a wide base, that's what you want to wear. If you're going to run, jump, or pound, good quality gym shoes that are not fashionable but functional, that's what you're looking for. To keep the ankle strong, 
if you're going to do athletic activity that involves a lot of side-to-side cutting, you should train for it properly. Strengthen up the tendons on the outside or the muscles on the outside of the ankle called the perineal tendons before you launch into a side-to-side cutting sport such as tennis or soccer or CrossFit. You should definitely prepare properly before you go into it. If you do suffer an injury, if it's mild and you can walk on it, home care and the standard rest, ice, compression, elevation is absolutely okay and a brace. But if it doesn't get better after a few days or a week, or if you have a hard time putting pressure on it, you should seek medical care because things that are missed and left alone for six weeks to eight weeks sometimes are irrecoverable injuries that can be treated much easier and with a better outcome initially. And sometimes these unusual injuries do require early surgery, And that's what the surgeon or physician is supposed to evaluate for. And you shouldn't be suffering for six, eight weeks. That's not appropriate. If your ankle gives out frequently, and frequently to us is more than three to four times a year, if you feel like your ankle just gives out or is loose, that is not something that we feel is appropriate because that will increase your risk for arthritis. And you should consider getting the ankle stabilized despite the risk of surgery so that you have a much longer functional native ankle as opposed to needing a fusion or replacement in the future. Great information, doctor. Thank you so much for coming on and so clearly and succinctly explaining ankle instability and sharing your expertise in what might make somebody have the necessity to have a surgical intervention and also what we can do to keep really good, strong ankles. Thank you so much for joining us for more information on the latest advances in medicine or to make an appointment with Dr. Kadakia. Please visit nm.org. That's nm.org. You're listening to Northwestern Medicine Pod Talk. I'm Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.